Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, the podcast for Bucky's Fifth Quarter because we have such an original name for our podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski, and we're going to hit right into it like we normally do. You'll hear Bryson Shaw, 2019 Wisconsin Verbal Commit out of Maryland. We will talk with him in just, uh, I'd say, about 15, 20 minutes. You'll hear that on the podcast here. Uh, before that, though, we we got two podcasts coming up this week. We'll record a second one later, talking some women's hockey. And then, of course, Drew Hom in the big roast. We'll have that later, probably Thursday or Friday. But now we are talking spring football. We had, as I said, talking Bryson Shaw uh, in just about 20 minutes. But first, got to do some spring position previews and Bring coming on the show today and recruit recruiting uh, we're not recruiting we are broadcasting on a Tuesday night we got Jesse Temple from Land of Ten and someone that I've forgot to get him on a, our Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza podcast gosh uh, last fall which I apologize for good sir now that we can get you back on the air airwaves and uh, Jesse how you doing man and looking forward to talking some tight ends and fullbacks with you right now. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Uh, I won't hold it against you for not making the Kielbasa Kings uh, special edition podcast, but uh, happy to be here and, and talk some spring football and glad that we have some actual football to watch here coming up because it's been a long two months, hasn't it? It has. It has. And, you know, despite all the craziness with recruiting and, and all that, it's been good to see. And you know, we've seen all the hype videos come up now with Wisconsin and the, you know, who cares, work harder. Uh, slogan they got going on on the shirts and you've seen the winter conditioning hype videos so uh, you know and starting on uh, you know next Tuesday which is March 13th spring ball begins and we're you know we're going to talk some tight ends and fullbacks at the beginning of the of the show when we'll have you come back we'll talk of course some inside linebackers uh, which was one of the strengths in my opinion of the defense coming back especially with TJ Edwards announcing he was returning but let's talk tight ends uh we'll do this in our four down territory segment uh we'll do an abbreviated maybe two downs for the fullbacks right after the tight ends but you know looking at the tight ends and first down right away troy fumagalli leaves great career all big 10 all american was just in the nfl combine this past week uh, i mean looking at who's gone in the general review of this group there are some big shoes to fill you know, from Fumagalli. Yeah, there definitely are. Fumagalli, as you said, all the accolades, he wound up leading the team last season with 46 catches and 547 yards and added four touchdowns. And really he became kind of the safety valve for, for Alex Hornibrook. I remember writing a story early in the season <clears throat> on who Alex was targeting. And it was like far and away, Troy was the guy that he was looking for, which any quarterback who's smart would do. But I, I do think that this tight end group is well positioned to succeed again when you consider that. The Badgers have two players coming back with in-game experience. Xander Neville caught nine passes for 81 yards with a couple touchdowns. And Kyle Penniston showed a little bit of what he's capable of. Um, caught you know seven passes for 56 yards and a touchdown. But there are some other names in that group. So I, I, you know certainly there isn't the definitive All-American tight end that Wisconsin has had over the years. But I think it's going to be a quality group, and, and Alex is going to have a lot of different targets. Yeah, and when you look at second down, in your opinion, who is the big name to watch, the starter? You know, like I know Neville 
suffered that season-ending injury against Minnesota at the regular season finale that cost them the Big Ten championship game and the Capital One Orange Bowl. And, you know, you talked about Penniston, too. Who is your big name, you know, the potential starters, you know, out of this group to watch that you'll be keeping on an eye out for this spring? Well, those are the two names, obviously, that immediately come to mind are Neville and Penniston because they've played. Um, you know, I, I think Penniston can take a big leap forward. He was a, a very high-rated recruit when he came in. Um, the good news is Wisconsin usually utilizes multiple tight ends, and Xander is such a good blocker. He can really kind of do it all. He's developed a lot. Um, so those are the two that right now at least you would peg uh, as potential starters. But, again, I, I think there are a number of young players that have a chance to, to be special. And that leads us into our, you know, our third down, right? We're looking at who, you know, who to watch. Maybe, you know, we'll get the fourth down with our sleeper, but who are you looking at? I mean, you know, behind those two, you know, Luke Benchwall and then also Jake Ferguson, who obviously the latter, the younger brother of Joe Ferguson, who is departing now and the grandson of fellow grandson of Barry Alvarez, you know, who are those younger players that you really feel could could pop out uh, this spring and, and earn some reps that would gain that momentum into the fall camp later in August? To me, to me, it is Jake Ferguson. The work he did last season, I think, has really positioned him well to get on the field. He was the scout team offensive player of the year, and he earned rave reviews during bowl prep in December. And he's he's one of my breakout candidates for 2018 on the entire team. I, I did a list last week of the five five guys I thought would have a chance to be breakout guys. And it won't come as a surprise because he was really good in high school. You know, it's easy. It's easy when someone doesn't play for a year to maybe forget just how good they were because they're not on your radar, but he actually came in as the number 13 tight end in the country. And some recruiting services had him rated even higher. He, he was, he made the finals of Nike's the opening and then was rated as the number two tight end nationally there. And the way I see it is the gap between the top tight end and everybody else isn't as wide this year like it was last year with Fumagalli because you just you knew Troy was going to take the bulk of the catches. Tight ends only get so many balls in Wisconsin's offense. And to me, that means Ferguson can make up a lot of ground and see significant reps. So I, I think really he has a chance to be special. I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but uh, he is the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing out of that tight end group. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I know Alex Honeybrook uh, had met, had a couple of quotes about him when talking to me and Zach Heilprin late in December, uh, sometime, yeah, it was later in the year in December, just about um, his skill set. And I'm wondering, you know, maybe fourth down now, looking at potentially, you know, the sleeper. Is it a guy like Luke Benchwell maybe that, you know, if depending on Neville's status, which we're unclear of right now, uh, you know, could he get more reps potentially where, you know, that is an inline tight end? Like who do you feel could be a sleeper out of this group that could really help themselves uh, heading into like summer conditioning and, and into fall camp? Yeah, that's the name I would mention, you know, Luke, Luke Benchwell. And that's the thing about why spring practice can be so valuable because a lot of the times, first of all, if you're hurt, it doesn't make any sense to play anyway. But if you're a starter and you've already proven yourself, you don't need the reps as much as the young guys do. You get those 15 spring practices, it's a really big deal. And Luke was an all-state tight end at Grafton. So he's got a lot of talent. There's obviously a number of guys ahead of him. And then I know this is a spring practice preview, so these guys won't be there. But you know, don't forget, guys like Jalen Franklin and Cormac Sampson are coming in at tight ends in the summer. I, I, I don't expect they would play immediately as freshmen. On the other hand, you know, just a lot of talent that adds to the group. But in terms of spring, yeah, it'll be fun to see what Luke can do because I think he'll get a lot of reps. 
Yeah, we're here with Jesse Temple, Land of Ten, beat writer for Wisconsin here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And we talked now, you know, about tight ends. You're looking now to fullbacks, and, you know, these two position groups, you know, were kind of maybe the with just the hype for the wide receivers that are very, very young still. The running backs with the Heisman Trophy candidate and Jonathan Taylor and a returning quarterback in Alex Hornibrook. Uh, that really shine in that Capital One Orange Bowl that sent out Wisconsin on, on the right note back on December 30th. You look at, you know, we talked tight ends where you're losing Fumagalli, but now for fullbacks, there's Austin Ramish, who, you know, is was in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. And then, you know, he's trying to make his mark now in the NFL after his eligibility exhausted. This group is not deep and kind of looking maybe as a first down, you know, second down, in your opinion, you know, really just, you know, I mean, how big is that impact of Ramish leaving and how much do you think Alec Ingold can, can really step up? And we've seen it before, obviously the past two, you know, past three seasons, but like, how do you feel that he could step up and fill in the shoes of, of what Ramish did? Well, there's a couple things about this. First of all, it has to be the least deep position that Wisconsin has. Because <laughs> right now there's one guy that you absolutely know will play and nobody else that you know will play. On the other hand, fullbacks generally play like half the offensive snaps. So that's at least encouraging. And you mentioned Ramish. He's gone. He split reps with, with Engel and really maybe took the bulk of him. Ramish was a, a very valuable player. So was Engel. But they love to use those fullbacks on the third and short belly play. And, and Ramish rushed for 89 yards with a couple touchdowns, and he was versatile enough to catch, you know, 76 receiving yards and, and six passes. And, but to me, this is Ingold's season. He's certainly deserving of the opportunity, and I think he's a really versatile player too. You know, he, he didn't get a lot of the carries last year. He only carried 10 times for 25 yards, but I mean, he has 11 rushing touchdowns in his career, and I know six of them came back in 2015 when he was a running back, but he's also got three receiving touchdowns, and the more ways Wisconsin can get him the ball, the better. So to me, I see this as Ingold takes all, or close to all, of the snaps that a fullback would take because you're not on the field for 80 snaps. You know, you're, you're assuming Wisconsin would snap that many times, which they probably wouldn't. So you're only on the field for half as much. And, and when he is clearly the best guy, you need him on the field. Absolutely. And that, it'd be interesting. I mean, Ingold too, when Ramish was injured against Indiana, had that three touchdown game. So, and then you've seen him, you know, you and I were both there that 15 season where, you know, he had all those touchdowns as a true freshman after converting from an inside linebacker that, that fall camp. And yeah, I feel like Ingold has that ability to, to step up and continue that tradition. Like you've seen with Ra- you know, Ramish with uh, Derek Watt, with Brady Ewing uh, in those, you know, well-respected and also difference-making fullbacks. I guess the one thing that we don't know exactly is, like you said, who's who's behind him. And I think that's going to be a big question mark. Maybe this is the last down here for fullbacks. But, you know, Jake Wallen is on the roster. He's listed as a fullback. But, you, you know, you hear from uh, – it was a December tweet from John McNamara potentially that he could – you know, that Wallen was not going to be around uh, this spring due to injuries. And, uh, you know, and Badger Blitz has their – previews up two for spring saying you know something along the similar lines even though that's not confirmed by uw yet uh but it really matters i mean i wonder who could step up i mean it's always that position too where 
a team switches, right? Or a player switches their position. Yeah. You know, Leon Jacobs was briefly a fullback. Uh, you know, Ingold uh, obviously was an inside linebacker. I'm wondering who next steps up because even like Jake Collinsworth, who's a, um, a walk-on, his Twitter profile says fullback for the Wisconsin Badgers, but he's still listed as an inside linebacker. So I think that's a big question. Right. Who's going to step up, you know, and who's going to back up Ingold, especially if he gets injured? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Collinsworth. Look, they're going to move somebody or convert somebody. Obviously, those talks have already taken place. We just don't know about them because we haven't seen this team in a couple of months. But Collinsworth came in as a, to the program as like a fullback slash linebacker. So if you need somebody in a pinch, he, he seems like a reasonable option. And, and certainly I think that there could be somebody else that they will move. And I'm going to throw out another name, which you won't see in spring practice, but I think could be a potential option down the road, and that's John Chennault, who's the, he's going to be a walk-on in the 2018 class. And I talked to him after he committed, and he told me that coaches were talking to him, at least at that time, about being a potential fullback because it could be the quickest way for him to see the field. And he was dominant as a running back at Grantsburg. I know it's you know smaller class high school football, but he rushed for 2,287 yards and 35 touchdowns last season. And you put a guy with that skill set at fullback, and he can really excel. And I know that doesn't solve anything for spring ball, but I think fullback is the type of position where you don't have to be a senior or a junior to be on the field, so maybe he makes an impact there. I'll be very curious to see what the coaching staff does with him. Of course, his younger brother, Leo, is a linebacker in the 2019 class, um, but maybe one name to watch down the road. Absolutely, and Jesse, we'll have you back on in just a few minutes. We're going to take a quick break, come back. 2019 safety commit Bryson Shaw talks with Bucky's fifth quarter about his recruiting process, all the recruiting mail he gets, and then who the best Fortnite player is out of the class of 2019 Wisconsin commits here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jake Okorowski here, and we're recording early this week. You just heard from Jesse Temple talking about the tight ends and the fullbacks heading into the spring football uh, 2018. Already, gosh, just a week away from today. We're recording on a Tuesday night. But before that, so we're looking to the future there, but we're also looking to the future in about a year where... You have a player, Bryson Shaw, safety out of Maryland, uh, committed back in late January, and he joins us here on the show now. Bryson, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great on this uh, snowy, uh, snowy atmosphere that we have here, environment here in Madison. And you know, I, I, I'm looking at your huddle film right right off the bat. And I see speed on both sides of the ball. Like, how would you describe your playing style? Because that first, you know, out of your junior season highlights, where you just speed past everyone on the field, and obviously other highlights too. Like, we just see that breakaway speed. But how would you describe your playing style? Well, my playing style is very tough. I like to be up in the box as a safety, and I use my speed to my advantages, definitely taking the right angles and breaking on the ball. You know, it allows me to play more risky. I, I take risk. Um, you know, when the speed really helps me when I'm breaking on the ball, I, I have the confidence I'm going to get to it. Or when I see, you know, a, when I can read a play, I have the ability to um, get to it fast, and I really rely on my speed a lot, and it really helps me. And what, what are you clocked at right now in the 40? 
I actually have not ran a 40 yet, which is um, crazy. I will be running a 40 um, coming in the spring after the cross season, so I'm excited to do that. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, we're here with Bryson Shaw, 2019 verbal commit for the Wisconsin Badgers here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And, you know, I saw your huddle highlights too, and, and you play on both sides of the ball. Like how does your high school utilize you uh, to the best of your abilities? Well, you know, I play both sides of the ball, which I love playing. I love helping my team out in every way. So on offense this year, I played um, running back because we ran the double wing and I was a wing back. I played um, slot receiver. I was, I was in a slot receiver. And I played, um, actually played some quarterback there, especially my sophomore year. I was the backup, backup quarterback. And then um, last year, and then play as much quarterback when we we had the wildcat formation when I was at quarterback. So that was nice. Very busy, very busy man in uh, in turn on the field there. And uh, we're on that note. Then what you're being used now and, and for your senior year heading into then you know, with what Wisconsin's looking at you, you're listed as a safety on both rivals and 24 seven sports. How does the Wisconsin coaching staff envision you on the field? Well, they definitely see me as a safety, a strong safety, being able to come down the box and make an impact on the run game. And they uh, talked about utilizing me in the, in the return game and special teams, a lot of special teams. So that was exciting to hear that. So that's how they plan on utilizing me. And I love that. Now, uh, how many times have you been to Madison then, and, and how many times have you traveled to, to Wisconsin? Well, actually, that was my first time in Wisconsin early February when I visited, and, man, it just blew me away. I loved it. Yeah, and when it comes to that, like, what what stood out to you then when you visited, uh, you know, Madison and, and the campus area? It was just an over, the overall feel. You know, I felt welcome. Everyone was really nice, you know, genuine, and I just really loved the feel, so right you know, as soon as I got off the airport, and, and I, like I was, I just knew this was the place for me. And I just the feeling I had. It was a very clean city. I love the city. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. You know, I don't have to worry about ever getting bored there. And it just looks like an awesome, fun town. Everybody cares about the town. Yeah, we're here with Bryce and Shaw. 2019 verbal commit for the Wisconsin Badgers. Here again on Bucky's fifth podcast. And uh, when. Was the did you have that feeling going in to you know your trip here to to Madison that you felt like you were potentially committed or did it come spontaneously? How, if you if I may ask, how did the recruiting process go for you to ultimately make your decision to verbally commit to Wisconsin? Right. So in the early sophomore year, Coach Turner he he reached out and right away had a great connection with them. You know, I really connected with them. We had a great conversation and. Um, I just had, like, I always knew from that talk, from my first talk to Coach Turner, that this, that place could be a potential spot for me just based on my relationship with Coach Turner. And then when uh, when it came to that point, like, when, what made you then commit, you know, on that when you came to visit, and what was the reaction of the coaching staff? Well, you know, I visited Ohio State. I visited, I visited Penn State. visited Notre Dame. So, you know, I had a feel for most of the schools that, you know, in the country. And um, when I visited Wisconsin, I knew it could be a potential place for me. I had a really good connection with Coach Leonard at the time going into my visit, Coach Chris. And I just knew if I connected with the town, connected with the people, you know, saw myself fitting in with the type of people who loved the campus, you know, and still had that great relationship with the coaches, it, that was going to be the place for me. And 
man, like I said, when I got to Madison, it blew me away from start to finish. I loved everything about it and had a great talk with Coach Chris, Coach Leonard, and Coach Turner. And I just, when I committed, they got real excited. You know, Coach Chris, he stood up, gave me a big hug. My family, we were all, you know, jumping up and down, excited, you know, just ready to get to work, get to the next stage. Yeah, and Bryce, and when it comes to, you know, seeing your offer sheet, I'm looking at 24-7 sports is, you know, the, the offer sheet, I'm seeing Duke and Maryland, you know, Ohio State. You know, how has your recruiting process been? Like, when did it start for you? Well, like I said, you know, University of Virginia was the first school that came, and that was, I would say, a few weeks right after my sophomore season ended. And then um, Wisconsin was next, and, you know, Rutgers, and they all came kind of fast, and, you know, in the in the summertime, I got a few, and then early school year during the season, I got a lot, and that's when I really started to break out with offers of my early junior, mid junior year. So that was awesome. Yeah, and and with that too, uh, and we'll get to the lacrosse part in, in, in just a second. But you know, after you committed, then you you also received that offer from Ohio State, and then you've seen the other commits, you know, Julius Davis, yeah, you know, your your uh, future teammate being offered by like like LSU, USC, and Notre Dame. You're seeing Graham Mertz, you know, emerge with offers as well uh, from from Power Five schools. You know, how how do you guys handle your expectations, and, and you know, and, and how do you you know, what's the thought process with you guys when you guys are getting these offers, you know, and going through continually, you know, until you guys sign your national letter of intent? Well, I can tell you for me, I'm on Wisconsin, you know, on Wisconsin, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I wouldn't have committed if I wasn't a hundred percent. And I know that's how all the other guys, Graham, we've all come in agreement that if we made a commitment because we were a hundred, 110% sure Wisconsin was the place we wanted to be. And that's how, I know that's how I feel, and I know that's how all of us feel. So we're really, really excited to work with each other in the future. You know, Bryson, for 99.9% of the population, we don't know how it feels to be a football recruit, to be a standout recruit like yourself. You're rated by, you know, four stars by 24-7 sports uh, in their standalone rankings and, and, you know, a high three-star uh, in their composite rankings. Just how much mail do you get, man, when it comes to, like, recruiting stuff? I mean, I've been very blessed, you know, great family, great support system. And, you know, the, the letters I've gotten are crazy. You know, every day it's three or four letters, sometimes maybe up to eight letters a day. It's crazy. And, you know, you just get you get excited. You run home from school and get home from practice. And that's the first thing you do. You go check the mailbox. And each time you're just excited and you're just honored and grateful that it's another school or that school is showing you love. It's, it's a really good feeling. And, you're here with Bryson Shaw, 2019 Verbal Commit here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And I have to say, you know, you, you know, a lot of players nowadays are multi-sport athletes. It's, it's something that's been ingrained. I mean, uh, when I wrote the book, Walk On This Way, about the walk-on tradition at Wisconsin, that was a common theme. You're seeing a lot of that now. You play lacrosse and you actually, you know, committed, you know, to play for Maryland from based on uh, my, re, you know, what we saw in the research, you know, from land of 10, uh, Jesse Temple wrote about that uh, and, and many others. Uh, I believe the Carroll County times did as well uh, in terms of, you know, lacrosse and football, what made your decision to, to pursue football rather than, uh, than lacrosse? Yeah, sir. Well, you know, it's always been my dream since I can remember to play college football you know, I've been, I still do. I run in the hallways in my house, throwing up the football to myself, you know, just imaging playing in front of a big crowd and college football and 
getting hyped. So that's always been my, my dream. You know, lacrosse recruiting came a lot early for me, and the opportunity was there. And um, I took my opportunity in lacrosse, and then when football started pursuing, I knew right away that, that I was going to be a college football player. Now, with that too, and, and we have a, you know a couple of our former writers are, are played lacrosse. So, uh, you know, one thing that we always I, like, I, I it's something that's foreign to me because lacrosse is not really big in Wisconsin yet. Uh, how has lacrosse helped you in terms of being a football player? Well, I play midfield, and it gets you in shape for one. That's that's the most important thing. And then footwork. When you're covering, you know, I told someone else, you know, covering when. And when you're on defense, because on this field you play offense and defense. So when you're on the defensive side of the field, when you're covering an offensive midi, those are some of the shiftiest kids in the country, to be honest with you. And um, covering them is, is just as hard, if not hard, harder, than covering a receiver in football. And, you know, reading hips, footwork, that's, that's all crucial for a DB, and you get that a lot when you're playing lacrosse. And with that too, I know Wisconsin doesn't have a lacrosse team. I know Maryland does, obviously. But does it? And when it comes to, and maybe I don't know if you would speak for other lacrosse, you know, high school lacrosse players. But do you feel like have schools that off that have both sports uh, for collegiately? Does that is that an advantage? I mean, obviously you committed to Wisconsin, so you, you committed to play for Badgers for football. But do you feel like it's an incentive for other? kids that want to pl- try to play both sports at the, at the next level or not? Well, definitely, you know, Maryland lacrosse is huge out here, and kids play lacrosse, you know, since they're little, and a lot of them don't want to give it up. And there's actually a kid going to um, North Carolina who I'm good buddies with, Ricky Mazon. He's a linebacker, and he's committed for lacrosse and football. And he just said he, the love for lacrosse that he had that he couldn't just give it up, so he pursued both because he loved both. And I, I understand that. So there are some kids, but um, I would say most of them, most of them love football. You know, if football, the opportunity comes, they'll take that. And, uh, you know, now for some lighter questions. And, you know, we're here with Bryce and Shaw. We, we're going to do our quick hitters and, and kind of getting to know, uh, you know, the one of the Wisconsin Badgers 2019 commits. Uh, my we four quick questions for you, Bryson, and uh, we'll make sure we get you out of here. You just got okay. – if you get – you know, in terms of workouts, favorite song on your playlist? Favorite song on my playlist? Well, right now it's Look Alive by Drake. That gets me going right now. I would say um, before that it would be Till I Collapse by Eminem or Lose Yourself by Eminem. And um, I also listen to his 8-mile freestyle, which that gets me going. I was gonna say like the Till I Collapse is one of those th- songs from 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 when I was young. So I feel you know when I worked out in football when I was a terrible JV quarterback. So I appreciate uh, that call back there. Uh, second question: I heard from Julius Davis. You guys play Fortnite. Who's the best Fortnite player out of the current class of Wisconsin 2019 commits? I Julius is pretty nasty. He he's pretty. He I'd say he's probably the best. Um, he does some nifty stuff in Fortnite. <laughs> um, third question. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you have two Twitter accounts. Yes, I do have two Twitter accounts. And, and, and what? And uh, it's hard for me to maintain one. How do you maintain two? And, and what's the difference between the two? So actually, I had two. Like I made two, and I forgot the password. Made one, and I forgot the password, and made another one. And then I remembered the password, and I was like, oh. I don't want to lose these followers. I don't want to lose these followers. 
so I just, you know, tweeted them out on both, and I've kept that tradition going, and it's something I just, I like doing, because I have different followers, and like seeing different things, so that's, you know, I, I have fun with it. That's awesome. Uh, your last question, question out of this, this segment, which NFL or college player do you mold your game after right now? Tyron Matthew, for sure. His awesome. tenacity, I, I love the way he plays, everything about him. Excellent. And, and, and Bryson, before we let you go, what's next for you coming up uh, with lacrosse season? And, and you and I talked beforehand, uh, before the the recording, about you're, you're, you have a game tomorrow for lacrosse. But what's coming up for, for the season for lacrosse? But also, any football camps or visits you got lined up? So um, for, football, uh, for lacrosse, you know, Bull School is the school I go to. And we're actually ranked fourth in the country um, pure inside lacrosse right now. So we're going to go for the national championship for our high school. And we're actually, next week we play um, NAPS, which is the Naval Academy Prep School. And then we play a school called the Hill Academy. For, and they're actually from Canada. And they're really powerhouse program from Canada. So we're going to get to competing and playing big-time schools. So I'm excited for that. And football, the next visit I'll take it will be uh, my official to Wisconsin whenever I schedule that. Welcome back. Wrapping up this edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast, talking some more 2018 spring football preview previews. Looking at now inside linebacker, and uh, you talked about all the question marks, and we've talked about the cornerbacks, the safeties, uh, out you know outside linebackers. That you know there's some question marks in terms of who steps up, and there's there'll be a lot of competition uh, heading into spring football, which will then transcend and push into fall camp in August, which, I mean, this is going to come folks a lot quicker than you think. And I, I mean, we're already in spring football into the second phase of the 2018 football season. If you include winter conditioning and join us back here, we got Jesse Temple. And instead of talking about all the question marks that may possibly on defense with like, you know, who's going to replace Nutrell Jamerson or Joe Ferguson at that free state or, you know, or at the safety positions or cornerback, uh, you know, we, we're talking inside linebackers, which may be the most, I would say, the, obviously the biggest depth uh, within the fact that you have, you know, two or three starting capable players returning. And that includes uh, TJ Edwards and, and, and Jesse. I mean, going into our four down territory with first down, you know, you're looking at, you know, you got leading tackler, leading tackler Ryan Conley coming back. You got TJ Edwards then announcing he came back. Gosh, you know, like the only person that departed was Jack Sitchi, but really the only thing that, you know, I mean, yeah, his stats weren't there this year because he didn't play because of the ACL tear in August, but his he still left the mark on Wisconsin football. Yeah, he did, but, I mean, from a statistical perspective, he didn't play last season after he tore his ACL in, the fall, in fall camp, and so it's not like you've got to replace somebody who was a 100-tackle guy and was the leading tackler. And, I, you know, I certainly understand his value from the sideline. I, I you know, don't want to uh, downplay that in any way. But these guys got acclimated to the roles that they had last year, and it's really going to be much of the same this season. And so you mentioned T.J. Edwards, Ryan Connolly, Chris Orr. That is an unbelievable trio to have coming back. And you're talking about your top two leading tacklers from last season are back. Connolly finished with 88 tackles and Edwards had 81. 
and both guys had 11 tackles for loss, plus TJ got four interceptions. Like, he can do it all. And his first two seasons, he led the team in tackles. Um, I, I I would have almost said it was a slam dunk that he was going to lead the, lead the team in tackles for a third straight season, but uh, didn't wind up happening. But either way, I mean, the fact he's back for his senior season and didn't go to the NFL bolsters that group. And really, it is the strength of the defense. There's no question about that. And Orr had 36 tackles last season, but he started games way back in 2015. So, yeah, that is arguably the best inside linebacker group in the Big Ten, and, and certainly they're going to make a case for that as the games play out. And, you know, heading into the second down, who is, you know, who is the big name that you will watch in terms of the starting caliber players out of those three? Is there one where you want to, you know, is it potentially, you know, you've seen Ryan Conley and, and TJ Edwards really step up to solidify those starting roles more consistently. Uh, I mean, if, I may be looking at just Chris or two to see how much more he acclimates and, and gets, you know, and continues to progress himself uh, despite being a, you know, a starting caliber player as a true freshman. And, and, you know, but, you know, obviously started in that LSU game back in 16 before that, uh, before the knee injury, but you know, who are you looking at for the big names this spring where, you know, even though that the young guys may get a lot of reps, uh, is there, a player like you know, between Edwards, Conley, or Orr that really is going to pop out to you uh, in terms of who you're going to watch? Well, I'm, I'm interested to see, first of all, how much those guys play at all. You know, it's a great opportunity, again, for some of those young guys to get experience. But, yeah, can Chris take another step forward and be the big-time playmaker that it seemed like he was going to be back in 2015? But out of those three guys, to me, I mean, T.J. Edwards is a returning All-American. So can he take his game to an even higher level? Can he lead the team in tackles three out of four years? You know, I mentioned I thought he was going to lead the team three straight years. If he would have done that, he would have been the first player at Wisconsin to do that since Pete Monty way back from, like, 94 to 96. So a player of his caliber that can consistently be that good doesn't come along very often. And so all three of those guys are excellent. But I'm, I'm curious to see if TJ can follow up his All-American season with yet another All-American season. Yeah, and you mentioned the tackles of T.J. Edwards. Like, you know, last year, 81, including 11 for loss, a couple sacks, and you said you already mentioned the four interceptions, plus he had the, the seven pass breakups. Ryan Conley, a former walk-on, 88 tackles. And Chris Ord, you know, 36 tackles, uh, three tackles for loss, and that big pick six against Nebraska in Lincoln. But behind those guys, right, it, it's, you know, who are you watching behind those guys? I mean, this is third down between, you know, Contributing players, you know, Arrington Farr, you know, is a obviously played in 13 games last year, switched, you know, to inside linebacker last spring, uh, still learned the position, but he step, had to step up last year. Uh, are you looking at him? Uh, I mean, there's also Griffin Grady, Mike Mascalunas. Who are you uh, among others in this loaded position? Like, who are you looking for beyond, you know, the big three? Well, those are exactly the three that I'm looking at, and I don't know how often Wisconsin will use a fourth inside linebacker, but the Badgers have no shortage of options. Farrar seems like the guy that you think should take that step forward. I mean, he was the highest-rated player in Wisconsin's 2015 recruiting class when he came in. As you mentioned, he started his career in the secondary and just moved, you know, last year. So maybe with the full season of him acclimating at inside linebacker, he can make a big jump and, and be that fourth guy. I don't really see five or six guys playing unless somebody gets hurt, which, as we've seen in recent years, um, happens often it seems at that position and, and Brady and Mascalunas are a couple of those guys as well like you know Mascalunas had 11 tackles last year I and mean, he was on the field um Brady had nine tackles in the spring game last year he led the team in tackles actually I know that the <laughs> spring game is not always indicative of what will happen um 
But these are guys that are capable. They just need their opportunity. Now, will they get it? It's hard to say because that top three needs to be on the field an awful lot. And if you do put a fourth guy in there, I think it would be Farrar, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm here with Jesse Temple, Land of Ten. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse Temple, of course. And, you know, out of this last down, looking at fourth down, who is your sleeper out of this position, uh, you know, in terms of that? could uh, in, in, in this, you know, my definition is a player who steps up, you know, sort of like a, last year was a Garrett Groshek, right, where, you know, he popped up and he switched positions from being quarterback to running back that took a big jump and all of a sudden with injuries stepped up and made a huge impact uh, at, uh, at running back last year. In this group, is there who's is there a particular sleeper that you see out of this position group that could really step up and take that momentum into fall camp? Well, I'm not going to say Farrar because to me, I think he is the fourth guy. So it would be between Grady and Mascalunas, and if they get their shot, maybe it's one of them. And I kind of mentioned what what they've done, and <clears throat> Paul Christ was pretty complimentary of those guys uh, last year when they were getting a lot of reps. I think it was in spring ball because you know the didn't make a whole lot of sense for the, the starters to play, and I think they were recovering from some injuries as well. So maybe it's those two guys. I mean, to me, that, at least where things stand now, would be the, the top six, and maybe somebody else makes his way in. But, again, not all those guys are going to play, barring injury. So I, I do think overall, though, Wisconsin is in great shape once again at inside linebacker. Um, I certainly would expect Edwards and Connolly to be the two leading tacklers again. Uh, that's a pretty good place to, to build your defense around. And Jesse, uh, what's coming up for for uh, for you for Land of Ten? Obviously, heading into spring football pro day, just a week and a day away as recorded on Tuesday night. What's coming up for you on Land of Ten? Well, a whole bunch of recruiting features. I don't want to give it all away, but uh, I'll be <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be visiting a certain uh, four-star inside linebacker from Illinois coming up, and then hope to have a long story about. About him, I guess I just gave away that. That's Jack Sanborn. <laughs> and uh, beyond that, uh, just gearing up for spring football coverage. So for anybody listening, uh, if you haven't checked out our site yet, I strongly encourage you to uh, landat10.com. And uh, I'll also plug, too, you and Zach Hobbin do a great podcast, The Swing, uh, on uh, obviously part of uh, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone here in Madison. Uh, plug in that. Make sure you guys just – Check out, you know, Google or not, just yes, Google the swing. Make sure you guys take a look at that. I mean, re- listen to it. Great stuff from, you know, Jesse and Zach there. And also, are you doing stuff on Badger Prime too? Did I hear, I heard you on with uh, Mike Heller on it. Is that is that a consistent thing too? Uh, yeah, it just it just wrapped up at the end of February, but uh, hopefully I'll be back uh, when football season starts. It, it usually airs uh, right. After the Paul Chris show um, at the Green Day in Hildale, and then after the Greg Gard show during basketball season, so uh, certainly hope to be back on that next season. Busiest man on the Wisconsin beat. We got Jesse Temple over here. So Jesse, man, thank you so much for all your time uh, tonight, and uh, looking forward to seeing you next week. And uh, we'll make sure that either Galloway or Heilprin bring the donuts during spring football practice. That sounds good. Thanks, Jake. See you soon. All right, we're going to wrap up the show real quick, guys. Thanks again for Jesse Temple for coming on along with Bryce and Shaw. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's Fifth Podcast later this week. Why? Because we'll have some women's hockey as well as Drew Homs, the big roast, returning. So uh, we'll probably have some NFL Combine talk and some more recruiting news with some new offers for the 2019 class. Uh, But for now, we'll let it be, and we'll talk to you guys later this week. This is Jay Kokorowski. Be sure to subscribe on 
iTunes, Google Play, listen on TuneIn, and uh, make sure you guys give us some ratings. Give us a feedback. We want to be better. We want to serve you, the Wisconsin Badger fans, better as well. So on that note, for everyone here at Bucky's Fifth Quarter, this is Jake Kokorowski. We'll tune, uh, we'll talk to you next, uh, what, just a couple days here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Podcast.